Office. I mentioned to you last week how much she appreciated your prayers and, and uh, calls support. Uh, certainly still is just a little bit of a trying uh, time for her and for her dad and, and others in the family, but um, the Lord has been gracious and uh, given us an idea of a vision for uh, being able to handle, you know, passing of her mom and in a in a virtuous way. Um, this morning, I want to just take time to really kind of, uh, I I guess, review what the Bible teaches about uh, Christ's nativity. We um, often see uh, these nativity scenes, we call them, um, in front of churches, in front of homes. Uh, there are some, I know, I think it was your, the church there where your dad and mom, didn't they have a live nativity at one time? Uh, uh, several years. And, uh, and I think the whole idea behind that was really trying to capture the spirit of that special time. And uh, trying to, to, you know, to gather the, uh, I guess, the experience, uh, gather the, uh, uh, the spirit of what that first uh, nativity was like. And, uh, and I, think it's, I think there is some validity in doing that uh, because we do see a lot of competition uh, out there for what the world wants to deem as, as what... Uh, this time of year about. And, uh, and it's very easy to be, I guess, offset the, the real value of, of what we get from the Scriptures. So I, I want to take a little time this morning to, to try to capture some of that and maybe be helpful to you to recognize, I think, why the Holy Spirit uh, allowed that information to be penned in the Word of God and, uh, and to be kept for all generations as we know that even Mary said that uh, from this time forth all uh, all nations I think it said all nations will call me blessed and uh, you know I say well is she the only one that would be considered blessed or is it something that that God did in and through her and through Joseph and as we even see it um, you know used in and bringing in Elizabeth and Zacharias and, of course, John the Baptist, uh, all part of that picture, in a sense. Uh, we see in Matthew 1 and, and also Luke chapter 1 and 2. Um, and I think there's something to be gathered from that, I mean, that, that understanding, is that we can, we can maybe say, well, you know, really, if this is something that's unchanging about our Lord and what He sees and deems in his people to be, um, uh, as she, as he said of, of Mary, that she was highly favored, um, and uh, I think even to say that for Joseph, even though he wasn't, it doesn't pin that about Joseph, is the fact that uh, he was used of God, and, um, and we see that in Zacharias and, and Elizabeth, and, and so there is a, the spirit at that time that I think is important. One of the things I, and just kind of looking at this period of time, is that uh, you think, well, that was just a different period of time, and 
people lived differently or maybe lived a little more godly or something like that, um, you you recognize that when the Lord came on the scene that uh, He had to do the cleansing of the temple. Um, that things weren't all that they... Even though uh, Annas and uh, Ananias, I think it was, and uh, let me say that right, Anna and Simeon were uh, part of the... Uh, that first uh, Christ coming to the temple, his first uh, advent of his coming to the temple, uh, things weren't all that they should have been. But yet we do know that there was a, a what do you want to say, a godly seed, uh, that the heritage of, of Joseph and the heritage of Mary are both explained in, in Luke and Matthew. Um, goes through the whole litany of those uh, lineages. Uh, so that you can recognize that, that that godly seed does pass on, does pass down uh, through the ages. And, uh, and I think if we want to maintain, uh, I think, the, the real spirit in which uh, the Lord intended for His people to have, we need to be able to pinpoint some things about them that uh, I think would be uh, helpful for you and me for, as, as an individual, as a church, as a family. Uh, to be able to say, you know what, that's, uh, that's something God honored. That's something God blessed. That's something that that I could uh, I could maybe use in my own life and 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 uh, cultivate in my own life. And again, this has a lot to do with what we've been uh, focusing on a a uh, people that are really beginning to pray and to seek God in a personal way. Not just the superficial, outward things that people can look at, but something inwardly, that, that spirit that only, as it says in the book of Matthew, is called the secret life. Uh, the secret life is what the people don't see. The secret life is what's really going on with you spiritually. Uh, secret life is what God acknowledges. Uh, the Bible says that man looketh where? On the outside, God looketh on the what? On the heart, God knows what's going on in reality. How much you're living by faith, how much you're listening to Him, obeying Him, and, and so when we think about this spirit of of, of this time of year, we, we say, well, you know, we get together as a family, we have a gift exchange, we have um, we decorate our house, and well, that's all on the what? That's all on the outside. What's God looking at? He's looking on what's on the inside. God's going to bless not what He sees on the outside. He's going to see what He sees on the inside. How much is that what's going on on the inside? So I, I hope just to take a, this, uh, this morning and take a look at some of those things. And maybe that will be a help to you. Take your Bible and turn to Ma- uh, Matthew chapter number 1. We're going to look at Joseph first of all. In that spirit of Christ's nativity. And maybe glean some things that I think from him. Well, there's not a, a whole lot spoken of. There is enough said that I think we can take some uh, uh, some pointers from that. Matthew chapter number one. And let's stand as we read, if you can, this morning, out of respect for the Word of God. Matthew chapter number one, starting in verse number eighteen. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. 
<clears throat> when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. Knew her not until she had brought forth her first son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. And Lord, in the desire and the determination, Father, to maintain the right spirit that uh, we need to have, uh, not just this time of year, but Father, uh, Father, for all of our uh, walk with you, I pray that, Lord, as we conceive in our mind and heart that uh, having the time in your word and prayer in, in a consistent way, Father, would bring about a spirit that, Father, that would bring be honoring to you and be useful and, Father, to be used of you in your kingdom in such a way as you did with this uh, uh, couple that we are going to study this morning. Please bless, Father, as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. When I say this, I, I mention we can uh, outwardly try to manifest some of the characteristics that we see here, but I think it's not something that we can, it's not like a suit of clothes that we can put on and, and that you can buy or get from the cleaners. Um, this is something that God does uh, out of being in, a, in presence with Him. God changes us. God makes us new creatures. And He changes our spirit. He changes who we are. Uh, that we're no longer recognized the same way anymore. Uh, the person that you were uh, isn't the person that you should be now if you know the Lord is your Savior. And one of the key components of that is salvation. And everyone in here, I would like to think, is saved, but I'll be honest with you, I can't. With all honesty, say that to be the truth. I don't know that. But God knows, but I don't. Salvation is something that's done from heaven. It's something that is not done because you come to church. It's not something you did because uh, you said some kind of a prayer. It's not something you did because you were baptized. Salvation, the Bible says, is a gift. A gift of God. We think about this time of year, it's all about gifts. It's not something you earn, it's something that is that, that God is that you receive. It's something that is given to you because of, of God something God sees about a repentant and a broken spirit of seeing your sin and recognizing your 
you're a, a state before God and crying out to God. It's not something you do because you said some kind of a prayer. It's something that comes from the heart. And God knows your heart. When He knows that you're saying, I know I'm a sinner and I know I, know I deserve to go to hell and I know I have, not, I, will, I have not done and will never be able to do enough good works to please God. And if you come from the background that I came from, I was always thought, well, you know, you just do the best you can. Uh, you just uh, try to go to church, try to be a good person, uh, uh, try to do the right thing, and then God's going to get up to heaven and He's going to weigh the good and He's going to weigh the bad. And, and whichever uh, 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 outweighs the other, you know, uh, that'll be your destiny. If, you, if you've been just too bad, you're going to go to hell. Uh, uh, and if you've been uh, uh, good, then, uh, then you'll go to heaven. Boy, let me tell you, that's false philosophy there. That's, that's man's philosophy. Listen, if you're here today and that's the way you think, somehow that you're not that bad a person, then you're on your way to hell. We all deserve to go to hell, the Bible says. There's none righteous, no, not one. And you say, and you think, well, I want, I want to have the, the spirit of Mary. I want to have the spirit of... You'll never have that. The only way that, that, that you could even come close to having that is to be born again. The Bible says you must be born again. You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. So many people want to get to heaven based upon their good works. Why would Jesus even say Himself that the way is narrow. Did you know that? How many ever heard that? It's a narrow path. And it's a narrow gate. And he even goes so far to say is there's few that be to find it. So there's not going to be. You think, well, every, uh, you go to any funeral and everybody's going to go to heaven. I've never been to a funeral where anybody ever had uh, uh, said somebody was going to hell. Everybody's going to heaven in every funeral I've ever been at. But Jesus says there's few that be to find it. A majority of people will not go to heaven. Only a few. I've even had people when I'm out witnessing on the street, I'd have people say, Well, you Baptists, you think the only you're the only ones going to heaven. No, I'm just saying we believe what the Bible says. It's not from works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saves us. It's not because you're being a good person. It's not because you went to church. It's not because you were baptized. It's not because you honored the Bible or some, some uh, uh, criteria like that. It's because you repented. You recognized that before God and you changed your mind about yourself and your goodness. And you say, there's none good. And I'm not deserving of heaven. I'm deserving of hell. And God have mercy on me. God knows that heart when it cries out to God like that. So if you're here today, let me just say this. This message won't mean much to you until you become born again. When the Bible says Jesus told Nicodemus, he was a, 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 a ruler of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night. He says, we know thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do the miracles thou do except God be with him. And boy, is that honor? Is that patting Jesus on the back? 
Is that God honoring? He comes to see Jesus. He's a ruler of the Jews. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Ye, you, Nicodemus, what? Must be born again. As, as, as high of individual Nicodemus was in that spiritual community, Nicodemus was lost and in his sin and going to hell and Jesus told him so. And if there's anything about the spirit of Christ's nativity is that you must be born again. That you have to be born again. It's not a Baptist thing, it's a Bible thing. So when we see Matthew and, and we read what we see about the work of the Lord in Joseph's life, he mentions to him he was a just man. Joseph was a just man. You know, Jesus will not, God would not say that about anybody. When he said that about Joseph, he meant Joseph was a godly man that had put his finished faith and his finished uh, his trust in the finished work of what God had promised to do, and that was send a Savior. The Old Testament saints were looking for Jesus. And Joseph was one of these just men that were looking for Jesus. When he said to him, in verse number 22, all this was done and might be fulfilled which is spoken by the Lord by the prophet. It means that there was planning, God was planning to send a Savior. So Joseph was a just man. And notice that at that justness, you hear, you think if somebody would be offended, it ought to have been Joseph, right? Here he has a, a lady, Mary, that he is engaged to, we'd say by today's terms, planning to marry, alright, had promised himself to her and she to him, and all of a sudden he finds out that she's what? She's going to have a baby. And he says, that ain't my baby. I don't know whose baby that is, but that's not my baby. And he had every right to make a public example of her, right? But, be, but being a just man and not willing, he was more thinking about her. Even though he'd done, she'd done this to him, he's probably thinking in her mind. So I'm not going to make her a public example. That's a just man, isn't it? A just man is all about others, isn't he? A just man is all about finding God's will and doing it. A just man is seeking the Lord and the, and the Lord's desire and the Lord's will in his life. He wasn't thinking about the injustice that could have been or might have been considered of Mary at that time. But he was thinking about her and the impact that this is going to have on her life. Not just the fact that he's offended but just how it's going to affect the rest of her life. He was going to put her away privately. Not going to let everybody know. So we find here that the spirit of Christ's nativity was in the idea of justness. It's, we live in a world where we really 
see very sparingly just men. A just man is a man that's willing to find God's mind for his family. I spoke to the kids this morning and I was saying to them that trying to encourage them to understand that Joseph at this time might have been somewhere between 16, 18, maybe 19 years old. I believe he was very young. Maybe 20. And yet already he had figured out what God's mind was and what God's will was. You know, we long for a world like that. Right now we have young men that when they reach that, they, they've got to go out and, and uh, sow their wild oats and they've got to go out and, and do what everybody else in the world is doing. Wouldn't it be uh, exciting to be in a church where young men find that they, they want to serve God at an early age? Be in a church where they want to participate in all that, that the church is doing and finding out that this is what life is really all about. It's not about finding their own destiny, finding out what God's work and God's will is for them. I'm, I'm sometimes put back by the idea that we don't see many men looking for God's work. I don't know whether you know that, but there is a very there's a shortage of pastors. There's a shortage of missionaries. I, I heard one time the average missionary in the field in his sixties. Sixty years old. You say, why is that, Pastor? Because there's no young men that are willing to follow the Lord to do the Lord's work. They've got their own agenda. I got my own thing that I'm planning to do. That's not what I would call just. I don't think that's what the Lord would call just. So we see Joseph as a just man. I want you to look over with me in Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter number 1. We're going to look at the, the spirit of Mary. Here we have a little, I think, a little more personal information. I don't know that we're to deem this as more significant than Joseph. We just have a lot more information about her. Luke chapter number 1. We're going to look down, if you would, to verse number 26. And the Bible says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at that saying. 
and cast in her mind what manner of salutation that this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and thou shalt bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of the, his father David. And she shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered, And said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and over and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For the Lord, for with God nothing shall be impossible. I want to start in verse number 38, and I want us to look at some of the spirit of this first, of the Christ nativity. Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from me. First thing I want you to see about this spirit of Christ in the nativity, the submission. Let it be. That idea that is <coughs> that we see here, according to thy word. Sometimes we don't come to the place that we get to some difficult time or difficult situation or a challenging moment. And we haul. The Spirit of Christ at this time we see here this, this willingness to say, did she not? She knew exactly what this meant. She understood that this was going to be a challenge of all challenge. She had lived all of her life, and they did this back then, and they, we ought to do it today, where they look forward to a family. They looked forward to children. And even then, they thought themselves, each one, that they might be the recipient to be the, the person that brought in the Messiah. But why like this? I know not a man. And she knew what that meant. She knew that would probably bring shame to her and shame to her family. Ridicule and talk. But what do we see here? According to thy word. Whatever you want, Lord. If that's what you wish, if that's what you will, I'm willing to do that. A spirit of submission. That is not just for women, I might say. That spirit of submission is saying, it ought to be that when you become born again, it's, it's not a, I'm, 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 I'm given to God completely. Not my will, but thy will be done. 
Doesn't the Bible say we're bought with a price? Right? That means that we're no longer our own. We're bought with a price. We glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are whose? Whose are they? They belong to Him. A spirit of submission is a spirit that we see in the nativity. Secondly, if you read on down, you'll find in verse 46, he says, The Lord, what? My soul doth magnify the Lord. I shared with the kids this morning, what does it mean to magnify? My mother-in-law had, what was her eyesight? What was it? Macular degeneration, and she could not see. And that process of not being able to see, she had to have a magnifying glass to read the simplest letters on a page. It enlarged them. See, it ought to be when she says, My soul doth magnify the Lord, is that what am I all about? I'm all about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm all about serving Him. I'm all about what the Lord wants me to do in the church and in my family, what He wants me to do with my spouse, what He wants me to do. My job is to magnify what Christ wants accomplished and what He wants to be done. Sometimes we want to hide our Christianity. We don't see this in the spirit of Christmas. The spirit of Christ's nativity, we see somebody that wants to magnify it. It's not just part of my life, He is my life. We always wonder why we have trouble seeing a second generation of Christians is because the Lord was not magnified in the, in your, in your, in the eyes of your children. What they seen was that, well, I see one thing at church, but I see this at home. And what is really reality? What they see at church or what they see at home? What they see at home. That's what's really important. The spirit of what I see at church or the spirit of what I see at home? What's real? What I see at home. When we think about a faithful... Not only was she submissive, but she had a faithful spirit. What Mary was at church is what Mary was at home. I think what we've seen in Joseph in public is what we've seen in Joseph in his home. In other words, that faithful spirit was a secret life. It really wasn't a secret. Thirdly, in verse number 47, my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. He say, why? What does it mean? You know, we all have things that... And you've seen this as well as I have. You want to get someone to talk. Talk about something that they're interested in. Talk about something that they're excited about. Talk about something that really stirs up the, about what they're all about. Listen, they rejoice in whatever that is. So what did... What did Mary rejoice in? Glorifying God. Whatever brought glory to our Lord, whatever brought... Uh, listen, that is the spirit of nativity. The spirit of rejoice. If there was something 
But I think about that these young people want to put on this, uh, this mission paradigm different. And you know what? That, that excites me that they're passionate. That excites me. That excites me not because we're going to raise some money, but for the reasons who probably need and really appreciate it and really would be encouraged by it. But it excites me that there's something that's generated from within that says, hey, this is what it's all about. This is what my life is all about. This is what's really important. And that's glory to who? Glory to the Lord. And praise God. I see that. I just said, thank God. I say, wow, that's good. That's of God. Verse number 48, the spirit of that first nativity where he has regarded the lost things and made For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Made a, a big emphasis on proper humility. With Mary, it wasn't just a false humility, it was really a humility from the heart. She saw herself as nothing unworthy of nothing. You know, when you want to be used of God, whether you're young or old, let me give you a, let me give you a heads up. Always recognize your real value. Without the blood of the Lord Jesus, what value are you? What are you? Hmm? You're nothing. You're nothing and you never will be nothing. But with the blood of the Lord Jesus, you become something in the eyes of the Lord. But in reality, you're what? You're just a sinner saved by grace. You're someone that God has been good and merciful to and gracious to. And the Spirit of the Lord, if you want to know what it was like and you want to know the, the real nativity, the real live nativity is one that, what? I think that's why we like to see those nativities. It's so humbling, isn't it? Our Savior and His family that first day was where? In the stable. What did they always bring into those live nativities? Some cheap, some new, or a, 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 some what you see in the stable. You say, well, that doesn't, God, we say, wow, that is, that's really magnificent. That's, why? Because of the humility of it. So you want to have the Lord work in your life and you understand it's really who you really are. You know, it, it, it doesn't, you know, we, we think about it and say, well, love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. You know, that never happens until we understand the sort of love our neighbors that are set out. When we understand that, then we put others first. Ourselves, why? We don't consider our need if we consider them at all. I think the
That means if you're going to give your life for your children, because that's what you deemed as valuable and important. No false humility. Look at verse number 49. For he that is mighty hath done great things, and holy is his name. Most of the time, people get together. You know what the first thing you hear? Somebody help me out. What is it? People get together. What's the very first thing you hear? What is it? I didn't know what he said. Huh? What's for dinner? Usually they, it's a complaint. How many know what I'm talking about? You always, the first thing, oh, you know, you remember having to be honest. Especially to get with old people. You know? And, oh, you man, you didn't know my you know, Mary was content. You know, one of the greatest things about having the Spirit of the Lord with you is that you're content no matter what's to be there. Listen, you're content. Content means you're happy. Worse than knowing that you're going to meet up with somebody that's old. I kind of can't work. I was, boy, I when I get to town, I just come up the next day because he'll do it. I mean, he's got something negative to say. He's going to retire. I can't wait to get out of this way. Thanks, Bruce. I can't wait. Man, he comes to me, and everything's bad, and everything maybe, and they're just it's like uh, what was it? The, the cartoon character in Phoenix, and always this big cloud and around, whatever he was. Well, this cloud was above him, and it's the dark. What am I saying to you? The spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ wants to protect them. Wants the ability to see all the good ways the Lord has blessed you and your family. Mary could see this. Mary understood this. He said great things. Let me give you one more before we close. And there's more here. Look at verse number 52. He has put down the mighty from their seat and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he sent away. Let me give you in simple terms. Mary had an appropriate fear, a proper fear, and an appropriate appreciation. She recognized who God blessed and who God didn't bless. And she feared being exalted. And she feared being lifted up. Because she knew that if she was lifted up, that there would be no appreciation taking on the responsibility she had. And as we close, let me 
I'm asking you this morning, do you, let me ask you, do you really believe that God can and will use you? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that even though you may seem insignificant in this world and in this church or in your community or with your family, listen, you're not insignificant in God's eyes. So what I'm saying, I'm saying you cultivate by the grace of God, cultivate that secret love, that secret spirit that Mary, Joseph, and these individuals that I've named this morning. I thank you this morning. The wide, wide spectrum.